Hello, listener. Welcome to Marching In, a dedicated Southampton FC podcast hosted by me, Luke Innes, and Sam Apperton. Music comes from Lawrence Norton. If you want to stay up to date with the pod and find out about future guests and upcoming episodes, you can find us on Twitter at Marching In Pod. Hello, listener, and welcome to another episode of the Marching In podcast. My name is Luke Innes, and as ever, I am joined by Sam Appleton. How are you doing, Sam? Yeah, much better now. I'm out of the rain after, after getting home from work, but yeah, much better for talking to you, as always. It's a lovely place to start the weather. Uh, it was bloody warm on Saturday at Selhurst Park, I will it tell you that. Really warm. It was really warm at Selhurst Park. Yeah, not that that helped our... Uh, result. I guess we'll talk about the performance in more depth, but surprisingly warm. Uh, and those that lay it up, foolish of you to do so on on Saturday. I guess naturally that is where we will start. We're going to talk a little bit about that performance. We'll talk about the B team show because a very interesting lineup that that we played with on Sunday, and then we'll also preview Newcastle towards the end of the pod. But Samuel, one nil defeat to. Yeah, I guess put a stop to our mini unbeaten run of three games. Let's start with your overall thoughts before we dig into specifics. Uh, Take it away. Felt like we've like seen the same game three or four times this season, doesn't it? Obviously, Wolves, Villa, and then, and then obviously Saturday at Palace where... I mean, we don't take chances. We lack a bit of urgency, creativity, and then... We're punished for it. I mean, the battle for, I think I mentioned it last week, the battle between Lianco and Zaha turned out to be a lot less of a battle than some people were expecting. It was more of a massacre, especially in the first half. Zaha was, I mean, Zaha was, like, I know he's a bit of a pantomime villain, villain at times, but at times, but he's he's a brilliant player and Lianco isn't. And yeah, Zaha exposed him and yeah, the first half was probably as bad as I've seen us for most of the most of the season, which is saying something. We could have—I don't remember Bazunia making too many saves, but in terms of the actual performance on the ball, it was pretty much disaster from start, well, from minute one to forty-five, and uh, we were pretty lucky, I thought, to get to half-time just at one. Yeah, I guess the disallowed goal that came not too long before Edouard's eventual opener felt inevitable. We were abysmal that first half. And there are a number of individuals, which I guess we'll talk about, including Lianco, but Diallo, I think, was at fault for giving the ball away a number of times. We were sloppy trying to progress the ball. We couldn't really progress it beyond getting the ball to parode a few times and him sort of turning backwards or losing it. And it just, yeah, as I said, felt very much inevitable that we would go into that half one down, at least one down. And Lianco was a nightmare at fullback, like you predicted, like I think many people predicted. And I appreciate there was the kind of episode where Zahar got booked, but Zahar naturally got a little bit ruffled by the situation with Lianco. Lianco was 
getting beat pretty much every time Zaha squared him up. And it, it did look that, you know, that sort of situation would lead to an opening of some sort. It led to multiple openings in that first half. And one of which, I guess it's Zaha's ball to Mitchell that is then squared for Edouard to give them that 1-0 lead. Um, any kind of other comment on that first half performance? Because for me, there are so many differences between that first half performance and the second half performance. I almost want to kind of treat them as separate. I appreciate we've lost the game and it's frustrating, but I thought we were so much more improved in that second half. Yeah, the first half, I mean, when I saw Palace as a team and I saw that the core areas missed in the middle, I was playing, I thought we had an opportunity there. There is the strength of the Palace team, at least a Zaha as a, there's some very good players. I think the centre-back pairing is really good too, probably one of the better ones outside the top six. But there's there's players you can get at. I don't, I don't think Mitchell's Mitchell's a good player. I don't think he's, he's great. I think he could have been got at. Same with Joel Ward, who's I mean, he's been around a long time. He he's a steady Premier League player, but he can be got at. Same and Milivojevic is also quite a, is, a bit, is a bit of a weakness in there. But we just didn't show anything. I think if I recall rightly, the first five minutes we caused one or two issues, maybe from a corner. But other than that, it was just an absolute disaster, and the, the team just didn't look. Like they, like they knew what they were doing. And Ralph gets drawn into this habit too far too often of a team playing well in one game and then decide, and then he decides to play the exact same way the following week. It happened last year when we played Arsenal and when, when we won 1-0. And that game was literally just backed against the wall for minute one. And he carried it on the following week and it just didn't work. And, it, and, it, and he's carried on doing the same thing yet again. It's just... It's very, very naive, I think, from the manager. Yeah, I guess before we dive into that second half showing, one of the more surprising selection decisions was specifically the fact that Diallo was kept in that lineup. I mean, it kind of alludes to your point on sticking with that team, even though Ainsley Maitland-Niles was eligible to play as he hadn't been against Arsenal. Um, it was surprising. I think we probably... I'd hoped that he may have played at fullback with Diallo still in the team, but either way, I thought he would be in that first 11. As you said, with Milohojevic, I think he's a relatively poor, static Premier League central midfielder. And without the core... He'd fit him in our team then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Get him in. Uh, and like that, that felt like where, you know, and I guess we'll now talk about that second half showing there was so much more punch and bite about us, specifically in the middle of the park. I thought Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Aribo were excellent. And I think kind of being there live, watching Aribo play as he did in that situation, we just haven't really had an attacking player like that who can pick up the ball in those pockets, shield it really well, and then create openings and then do the right thing, maybe even beat a man. And Maitland-Niles kind of set the tone. I think he won the ball almost immediately from kickoff in that second half that set us away for an attack, we look so much better with him in the team. Yeah, I mean, we just looked like a much better team in the second half. And it's a shame that the chances we did make, although as much as we did improve, other than the two Adams chances that were obviously hit straight to Guaita, and um, I don't really remember us making too many other chances other than... I know Armstrong hit the post from quite a tight angle as well. He didn't really cut. He literally had two kind of carbon copy efforts, didn't he? Yeah. One that I think Gator saves and then one which hits the post. 
That's right, yeah. But yeah, but also we just didn't as much as we did improve second half, we could have we could have really like someone like a dozy could have come on a bit earlier, I think, for me. Um like I think Palace made an attacking substitution before we did. They brought in Jordan A. Granted, obviously more of a like for like change, but they made a they brought an attacker before we did, which just seems baffling to me. And mm-hmm. I think like a, a dozy could have come on earlier. I don't think did Adam Armstrong didn't come on in the end, did he? No, nope, didn't feature. Wal, Walcott, Walcott did. Mm, um, I don't think he did. Sekumara did. Idozi did. Right. And, yeah, and Maitland Niles, I guess, just, at half time. I, the... I think I'm just getting flashbacks and Walcott's cameo against Arsenal. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Less said about that, the better, mate. Less said about yeah, that. Um, but yeah, it's just, it does, as much as I do criticise Ralph, he has been hamstrung by the fact he wanted a, a, a clinical striker in the summer. Granted, it's the hardest position to buy for because it's the most expensive position to buy for. And we couldn't get it over the line. And I just think it's going to really cost us. But but Adams has to take those chances, no matter what sort of championship, league one, whatever, at least one of those chances. Especially, I think it was the second one, which seems slightly easier to hit straight at Guaita. It was really, really poor. I think the second one happens in a period where we're obviously on top and looking threatening. But, and, and this is the thing with Adams. I'd, I'd love for like someone more informed in terms of sports psychology and what happens to players in those situations. But that first one must be kind of playing on his mind. It's a really smart ball, by the way, from I think Ward Prowse for his first big chance and Aribo for his second, like lovely play from both of those. But it's, it's relatively easy passing for Ward Prowse to make. I think both chances, I, I think any that confident striker really does just punish Palace in the, in those situations. And like Adams isn't, isn't a killer. Like he, he takes those sort of half chances, those unexpected ones or those awkward shots from outside the box that suddenly you're like, fucking hell, where the hell has that come from? Like we've seen him, we spoke a little bit in our last pod about the two he missed at Everton. I think, as you said, one was easy and the other there. I think both chances I would expect like a you know a kind of ruthless Premier League striker to take in this situation. Um, I do just want to kind of pause on what happened at halftime with Maitland-Niles coming in, but also I think it was uh, Chaletta Saar who said that at halftime, Ralph, like proper hairdryer treatment, properly unhappy with what he was seeing naturally. But to get a reaction again, and I think we kind of touched on this over the last pod, the players are are still fighting. Like, we were awful in that first half. There was a marked improvement to... I mean, I, I kind of said as much to friends, but I really enjoyed that second half display as much as we didn't score. Like, we looked threatening. We were putting bodies forward and we left ourselves exposed in the break, but we were 1-0 down and didn't really expect us to do anything but, especially when you've got the likes of Elise Zahar breaking. Like, I, I thought it was a good attacking display and we clearly something happened in that half time and it's not just Maitland-Niles coming in but there was much more purpose about our play yeah something had to happen I mean if they carried on that that second half as they had the first half it would have been very 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 much alarm bells not just for the fans there were still a lot of disgruntled fans in the away end at full time as as I walked up the away end 
to get out. There was still a lot of people shouting for the manager to go. There was a couple. There was a couple of chance didn't really get going. But if we carried on that second half as we did the first half, I mean that would have been properly, properly, properly worrying for not just for the manager but for the entire season because the players just look like, looked like they down tools that first half. They just weren't, couldn't pass the ball to each other. They just didn't look like they knew each other. It was really, really bad. And yeah, I mean, credit to them, they came back in the second half, but it's just such a shame that one of those chances didn't go in. And I think a point probably would have been a fair result. But yet again, we're, we've been done by a Palace are a poor team for me. They've got good players. The same with Villa, a poor team. We've got one or two good players. Same with Wolves. And the games are, the games that are winnable that we've looked at are starting to are ticking away a little bit. And it's not looking great, especially with two very, very tough games to come before the before the World Cup. Yeah, I agree. I think about those four games, you know, I'm kind of grouping them together. Villa, Wolves, Everton, and now this Palace fixture. Four very tight games. But you almost look now with hindsight at the state that in some respects... Wolves and Villa specifically are in and you think God we really needed to pick up more points than we have done across those four fixtures the game kind of state aside and how well we played aside like if we are to stay up those are games that that we ultimately needed to pick up points in and we haven't and it was the same story with with Saturday as much as there was that improvement in the second half you can't play well for 45 minutes and, and get points and as average, I think, as Palace were in that fixture, they've still got players that will punish you. And, you know, even someone like Edward, for instance, I don't think we were ever linked with him. Brighton, I know, were. But he does feel like that sort of in-the-box striker that we've lacked for some time that will pick up those chances and, and nick those goals. I think he scored three in his last four now. Like... That, that again is the sort of player that should be a foil to Adams to score those chances. And I think ultimately someone like, and I'm not saying he's an excellent Premier League striker by any means, but someone like Odson Edward will probably score those two that, that Adams gets. Um, anything else to comment on, Sam, before we move it on to talk about the rest of the weekend's games? Uh, I guess a bit on the B team fixture as well, and then we'll move into Newcastle. No, just like I said, a missed opportunity again. And um, it's a place we normally do quite well at Sellers Park. It was a bit of a shame that before the game, there was obviously that minute, the minute silence for Armistice Day. And then I think it was, I don't, I don't think it's people in the crowd booing. It was people coming in from the concourse. I mean, I mean, I know you're in the home end, you may have heard it. There was one or two like shouts. And I think it was people coming down from the concourse. But yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't a good look. Yeah. I said to my mate who's a Palace fan, I just thought like there was a lot of intensity about the the fixture and people have talked about potentially players taking their foot off the pedals. We approach the world cup, maybe natural in some cases, like there was a lot of zip and bite about that game, um, which I, I really enjoyed. And yeah, most of the time it was saints players probably half a second too late as someone better than them was nipping in. But you know, there, there were there was a bit of a fire to the fixture, which I thought was good and in that second half was end to end. I will just comment and I touched on it before about Diallo. Just such inconsistencies between his showings. Like he had a very good display when he came on against Bournemouth, did a okay job, I think, against Arsenal, 
as you said, I think in the last pod, probably better than Will Prowse in that fixture. He gave the ball away so many times and I appreciate we're going to preview the Newcastle fixture in a sec, but I'd be really surprised if he is in that team, especially with Romeo Lavia coming back now. Yeah, I mean, I did find Will Prowse again was was off it again at the weekend. It's quite becoming a pattern now. I don't know whether the World Cup's in the back of his mind, but for someone who's properly on the cusp of going or not going, it's I don't think he's pushing his case too well at all. I think there were some comments in the press. I don't know if I've just seen some sort of clickbait up clickbait article that is actually misrepresenting what he said, but he, I think he has said that the World Cup is in the back of his mind, but said, you know, obviously his focus right now is on club football, but it does seem like that from his performances. Um, Sam, let's move it on to uh, the Sunday's game, which was the, the B-team fixture against Middlesbrough. I think, so Saints FC Youth on Twitter had posted about our under-18s lineup for the previous day, which had been really strong, included players like Ballard, who was obviously featuring for, our B team more regularly and sometimes the first team squad in cup games. So I think there was an expectation that it would be quite an interesting lineup. But obviously we had players included that had played 45 minutes plus the previous day as well, including Maitland-Niles. Seku Mara started up front with Theo Walcott. Dozy played. I think he's come off with a knock in that game as well. Some concern about that. But it was an 8-1 victory, a very strong team that was put out. Anything to talk about here? Um, well, goals breed confidence, I guess. And someone like Seki Maru, who's not really hit the ground running yet, as some people have in terms of the younger players. Obviously, he's come from a different country and moved over here and sort of had to settle in. He's not, he just had that one one flash really against Leeds. But yeah, to go and play in that game, get on the score sheet's good for him. Not really sure what it adds to to us to have Walcott getting those goals. And I don't, I don't see him getting pushing his case to start anytime soon. But yeah, Romeo Lavia, if he if he was to come back and be in the team, it would make such a big difference to us. It would just, I think it would probably boost Wall Prowse as well, which would help. And um, yeah, it's mad that it's just two months since he last played. And you feel like, oh, we've really missed him, but he's only been there for four games. And <laughs> it's mad. It just seems like it's so weird how, how we're missing a player that much who's only just arrived at the club. But he's... He's had had made such a such a big impact in that time. And yeah, hopefully Dozy's not too bad. I think is it David Horseman said that he thinks he was taken off just as, as a precaution. So fingers crossed that's okay, as he has looked good off the bench at times this season. Um but yeah, I just would have felt a bit sorry for Middlesbrough. I mean, I looked at their team, we didn't know any any of the uh any of the names in there and and yeah, rock it up to see a base more or less a well, half a full-strength Premier League team must have been a bit of a worry for them. Yeah, I think there were some sly comments on on Twitter about the team that we put out would probably give the team that we put out against Palace on Saturday an alright run for for their money. Uh, yeah, I think from the clips I've seen as well, Lavia looks looks good, looks kind of as you would expect him doing all the same stuff that he was doing in the first team, such as breaking up the play, putting those balls through the lines. Just crucial that that obviously we don't rush him back. We've got two games and then a big break. It would be silly if something were to happen in the next two weeks that maybe would jeopardise him post-World Cup. But it would be great to see him in the 11 for 
for Sunday's game. Um, and I'm kind of hopeful that that is the case. Sekumari, you touched on it, four goals in a, any kind of fixture, as I think is the sort of thing that he probably needs. I think he looked a little bit sluggish and a little bit off it, I thought, when he came on and Will Hughes got into him early. There was a big tackle where he kind of crunched into him and, and Mara was kind of trying to turn relatively slowly in my book. But we've obviously got a, a talented young forward there that needs time. And yeah, I think it was just good that, as you said, felt sorry for the middle of the players, but it would have been probably a worse <laughs> feeling for maybe some of the Saints players if we went into that fixture and didn't perform as we did. It's clearly a golfing class and yeah, we kind of made sure that that was the case in terms of the scoreline as well. Um, small shout out for the other game that went on on Sunday. Uh, our women's team had a big result as well. And I believe are now second in the in the women's championship. So it's, yeah, a really good showing to the start of the season from, from them. And I think the kind of what is a relatively new squad being put together is faring probably above where we thought we would be um, for, for this stage as well. So... I think positive Sunday all round across the club. Let's move into our next fixture, Sam, which is Newcastle. They're absolutely flying. And I think I predicted that we wouldn't get beat in this fixture. I am not so sure right now. No, I, I actually, a couple of days ago, said something. I think Newcastle are going to finish in the top four, which I realise is a massive shout. But I think that if they can stay stay there until the World Cup and get to January, they can have a real go in January and bring some more quality players in and really help them. Whereas I think other clubs probably won't be able to do that or probably will hold back and not do that, especially with play- teams like Chelsea aren't looking quite as good. And I mean, Liverpool look right off it this season. There's there's a space there for someone to get into. And you and you do think if Newcastle can get into that top four, they're they're not going to be leaving it for a long, long time with the investment they got behind them. I know there's a lot of chat about the money and less, I mean, I'm guessing we're just going to talk about football side of things here <laughs> uh, rather than getting too... Sam, you take it where you want to, mate. It's your podcast. Um, <laughs> no, I'll, no, I'll, I'll, I'll let's zone in on the football. I think there's I'll be, like, more I'll be like Eddie Howe. I'll be like Eddie Howe, six football. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, they've, they've, done, they've been really good this season. I think... Obviously, they've been good going forward, but the defence is really impressive. Trippy was such a smart signing, as was Dan Byrne. Um, bottom one, it's really good. Even someone like Fabian Scher, he's been there for a long time and he's really come in and done well this season. Nick Pope's obviously a good signing. Solid solid Premier League goalkeeper who I would have loved us to sign in the summer. And they've got quality in attack, haven't they? Like, I know Bruno Gimoresh in midfield and then St. Maximan, who usually does well against us, and Callum Wilson's flying. Yeah, I think Joe Linton's suspended this weekend. A friend of mine said it's likely that St. Maximan will probably come in for him because he played on the left last week. So, yeah, it's going to be a really, really tough game. We've got a poor record against him in recent years as well. So, it's going to be very, very tough. Yeah, not a great deal more to add. Two things on the like kind of where they are and where they rank. If you look at the XG differential table within the league, so I guess XG for and XG against, they are third in the league. Like the the results they're getting are reflective of the underlying numbers. And I think that is 
a sign that what they're doing is sustainable and repeatable in terms of upcoming fixtures. It basically goes City, then a gap to Arsenal and Newcastle, and then another gap. So then it's not even like, you know, other top teams like the Chelsea and, New- and Liverpool kind of examples that you gave are kind of right there around them. They are third in the league, you know, for those underlying numbers. And clearly their league position, their actual league position is on merit. Um, I guess, you know, they're, they're doing this without their biggest signing, not featuring really in, in Isak. Wilson, if he is to stay fit, I think should for me have a chance to essentially be in Southgate's World Cup squad. I think he's that good. It's just his injury record that he struggled with. But I think if he's fit, I think for he's Saturday, probably the best. I think he's the best of the bunch behind Kane for me if he stays fit. I know yeah. there's Abraham, Abraham, Calvert Lewin, and Tony, but I think. I have a feeling Southgate may only take two strikers, Kane and one other, and then have Radford as a third. I think Wilson has to be the one if he can stay fit. He's been he's been excellent this season. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of Sunday's fixture, I fear I fear playing them. <laughs> and you know, we we met them at a, quite an interesting stage of their evolution when we lost the two one game earlier on this year. I think you even commented around the time and it kind of struck me a little bit on the players they did sign in terms of it was target burn back then, but they were relatively smart pickups, I think. And I probably didn't see it at that time, but they they strengthened them and they strengthened them in terms of that Premier League experience. They've done more of the same, but added standout players like Gimares and and and, and, and Isak, although he's not featured so much. So it's going to be really... Tough game. Prediction? Um, well, first of all, I was going to say how much, how much Eddie Howe, as much as I'm not a big fan of Eddie Howe, he's, he can't knock the work he's done there, especially with the players that are already there, like an out. I mean, Miguel Almer on this season is just all of a sudden, it's been incredible. It's like, and it's, it's not just the, the volume of goals, it's the quality of goals he's yeah. scoring. They're just every goal he scores seems to be a worldie. It's fair play to him. I, I didn't rate the lad. I thought I thought he looked like he he just looked, didn't look like he was physical enough for this league. He looked very, very um very, very weak, but fair play, he's done he's done really well. And yeah, in terms of prediction, it's gonna be oh, I mean. We don't. We don't tend. This is famous last words. We don't tend to get fresh, do we? I know we've had the four 0 at City. That's sort of par for the course. Tottenham was a bit of an anomaly because of the um, the team selection by Ralph. But I do think we'll get beaten. I think it will probably be probably be another two one defeat, which will be interesting how the how the crowd react after that one. Broader prediction. I think we lose on Sunday. I think the result against Liverpool is kind of insignificant in terms of what happens next. I think there'll be a change in the World Cup window. You think he's gone? You think he's gone in the World Cup window? Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, there's been chat about that for a long time that that's going to be the sort of the end game. I mean, we've heard about the end game for Ralph so many times. <laughs> it's almost hard to believe, but. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. In the slides. I think Sunday could be, could go badly. I mean, if if we don't, if we're not at it, Newcastle could absolutely tear us a new one, and it'd be a hell of a lot worse than a two-one defeat. And it could get pretty toxic down there. Obviously, hope we do well and win. I don't see it, and yeah, I see it as a, a narrow defeat. Yeah. <clears throat>
Fair play, Samuel. I think we've had a good chat on the Palace game and that in terms of us being relatively solid, we haven't really had any home games that have been, you know, we've not been been beaten significantly at home. Unless I'm missing something. Can't think of a time when a team scored the more than two and those this what, Ever- Everton scored two. <laughs> yeah, of course. Everton scored two. Leeds scored two against us. Has anyone else scored more than two? Or, or two or more? I'm trying to think. Uh, I think that's it. No, I think that head. is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think 2-1 is probably not a bad shout and the most likely scoreline. I always fancy us to score, and I kind of thought this. We, we obviously said about Ralph's Houdini acts <laughs> over the last like fortnight. I thought at half time, I was like, we have looked awful and pretty dead and buried here. But again, we come out with like some sort of performance that gives you that glimmer of hope that this team could do something. I think if you add Lavia back into that, then we will have a chance, obviously. Do you expect Lavia to, to feature? The feature, yes. To start, probably not. I think, I think he probably won't start, but I'd like to be proved wrong and see him start on Sunday and he's back to full fitness but I just I just have a feeling he won't start on Sunday and although it does seem like better Kotchap may be back which is a real positive yeah yeah I think I I prefer to try something else at full back whether that's Maitland-Niles or other like Payne looked good I think for the uh, the, the under 23s um on Sunday and did look good. It's a good. big ask though, isn't it? To come in it against is, it is, it is, of course. And I, I, like that's where we're, we're sort of trying to figure it out. Maybe Maitland-Niles makes the most sense. If Lavia is fit and fully fit, like that, going back to some sort of like simple structure with Perraud one side, Maitland-Niles the other, and Lavia in the that kind of DM role, that, that would be yeah. perfect. But as you say, it might come a bit too I think, soon. I think gets the World Cup with... If we can have make the nails right back to the World Cup and then have hopefully Lavia in the in midfield and then assess it after after the World Cup. Obviously, hopefully Walker Peters is back and fully fit by then. And yeah, and we'll be back to what we what we'd like to see. I mean, who knows how far Libramento will be off by then? But yeah, I think Maitland Niles needs to play at full back at the weekend. But then again, I thought that last week, so who knows? <laughs> All right, Sam. I think the only other thing I wanted to ask you and talk about is we've got two weeks until we break for the World Cup. Do you anticipate James Ward-Prowse to even be within that initial name list? Well, it's, it is, there's no initial list now, is there? It's literally just 26 and done and with, with, with fruits. Well, so what did I say about the 55 list? Has that already been done? Yeah, that's that's a, this is just literally for logistics. I think they don't have to release it. It's literally just in case, send it off to the to FIFA and it's ready to go so for travel and stuff like that. Right, right. So that's right. why you've seen all these random. I saw that Danny Welbeck was in it and do his dunk and players like that. <laughs> I saw that today. I mean, do I think Warpraps will be in the twenty six? I'm edging towards yes because I think I don't see Calvin Phillips going. I don't think they can take Calvin Phillips as much as he was so good for us at the Euros. He's not, he's barely played, not even this season, he's barely played last season. 
And Henderson also, I don't think you can rely on Henderson too much at the moment. So I think other than Rice and Bellingham, you're really struggling in that sort of position. And Wall Prowse gives you cover there. Unless Southgate is thinking that someone like an Eric Dyer, who has experience in that position, could move forward if other other centre backs are are starting. Yeah, fair enough. I guess I'm I'm pretty high on someone like a Ebrieze. We've spoken about Madison and and maybe if there's a kind of that one spot, but I guess in terms of like genuine like com- more complete midfielder. I'm not saying that he's better than those two players or more productive, but like obviously Ward-Prowse can do that role slightly deeper, especially in potentially higher possession games where we just need to recycle the ball. And he's also there for, for set pieces. It'd be very unlikely for him to genuinely get minutes, but interesting on your thoughts on, yeah, I guess the Henderson-Phillips debate. I just thought that Ward-Prowse had had the, probably maybe the poorest kind of start to to a season he's had in some time and the poorest spell with Saints. He's probably got maybe enough in the bank to mean that he might go. Interesting, though. Southgate likes as well, doesn't he? From his, even back to the 21 days. Yeah. I see why. But that didn't get him in last year, so who knows? It's, but yeah, like, like the Phillips injury could could sway it towards him, but I would I would... I wouldn't be surprised at all to not see him on the list, and I wouldn't like. I know some Saint fans go will say, "Oh, he should be there" and stuff like that, but I don't. I don't see any issues with it if he does. If he doesn't go, agreed, agreed. And I guess real shame in some respects that Walker Peters has had. I think one maybe a slight mixed start to the season in terms of performances, but then the injury because with our issues at fullback, in terms of yeah injuries. He could have well been for a shout, given also his versatility at left back as well. Yeah, absolutely. Samuel, pleasure as always to chat on things Saints. Unfortunately, we couldn't back up those three results with any points at Selhurst Park. We're both predicting a score defeat, if we want to call it call it that, on Sunday. Uh, Revising any predictions about our final two games, points from Liverpool and Newcastle. Zero. Yep, I think I'm probably there. <laughs> I think we. Well, I kind of fluctuate my my feelings towards how many points we'll pick up just on how well we've just paid. I, I maybe need to revise that somewhat. Uh, and will we progress in the Carabao Cup? Yes, because I think hey. Sheffield Wednesday have got a lot. Sheffield Wednesday got a lot bigger Get picture as well. So I'll be surprised if they put out a full team. Yeah. Okay. So there might be one win in the next two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. All right, Sam. Enjoy the rest of your evening, listener. Whenever you're listening to this, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day slash week, and we will speak to you very soon. Mm-hmm.